louder. Welcome back, guys, to the NXT Evolution, episode number nine. I am your host, Eddie Shepard, along with... The terrific Travis Lasseter. Oh, you were the, um, uh, titty, is it titty flipping Travis T- Lasseter? No, it's titty flipping Travis Lasseter last episode. Oh, now you're, uh, just, uh, tasty Travis Lasseter. Yeah, I'm right. Tasty uh, all the time. Toy show was fun. Toy show was fun. Made a bunch of money. Uh, made fun of Brandon the entire time, you know. Yeah, uh, we told a couple of ladies that he had chirpies. He was really trying to get it in. He invited them to eat some Tim uh, Tim Hortons, and yeah. they said, "Here, like Tim Hortons and ketchup chips. Get out of here, you stupid Canadian! Yeah, take your flannel off. It's, yeah, it's, it's too hot. It's, it's too way hot too hot. It's still, it's still summer. And they started talking about mooses and molsons and Labatt Blue, and we were like, "Shut the fuck up, Brandon! You're scaring off the customers." Matt Cross's band killed it at the bar show. Crazy ass. Bar show indeed. New uh, champions crowned. Oh, uh, we'll shit. talk more about that later. Oh, However, yeah. uh, onward to October, so we should be um, rolling into Nightmare on Army Road here shortly. So I'm really excited for that. Also, I had this really cool post. I shared it a while back. Now it's a couple of weeks ago, um, where it's actually August 16th, which was the day after this episode originally aired in 2012, where I was like, hey guys, really check out NXT. There you see Chris Hero and Seth Rollins. So I thought it was really cool that I, I you know, we've been following it that long and, and everything. So I think it's really sweet. Uh, last week's episode, Jinder Mahal kind of sucked the air out of the crowd, which is great because he opens the show this time. Ugh. Stab me. Stab me in the eyeballs, please. I hope this is a different set of tapings. Yes. But... Before we get rolling, guys, uh, we're going to go to our ads, and um, we'll be right back with you. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW Live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. Oh, hello. Do you know about Project Louda? Well, let me tell you. Project Louda is home to 16 of the finest podcasts a nerd could possibly procure. They have a show for everyone. Whether you're into horror films, modeling comics, 90s kid shows, or that weird tentacle-filled subgenre you search for at 3 in the morning. So head on over to projectlouda.net and treat yourself to something truly exquisite. We believe the mat is sacred. Honor is real. And everything is discussed under pure rules. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Purist Podcast. We review all things wrestling and don't pull any punches. We do an episode every Sunday where we go back and watch a pre-2020s pay-per-view and then talk about it in the segment we call the Retro Review. 
I also do an episode every Friday morning in our WIN series, WIN just stands for Weekend News. It gives me an opportunity to freely shoot on 10 news topics from the past week. I also do pay-per-view predictions and reactions to large breaking news stories like Tony Khan being the new owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Check out our Twitter page at the WP underscore pod. That's T-H-E-W-P underscore P-O-D for all updates. Our pinned tweet has other links as well, like our merch store and how to support our show directly. Remember, whether you agree with us or not, we're right because we are the Wrestling Purists. No one will know what that means, but it's fine. We will. <laughs> All right, guys. Go ahead and get your peacock pulled up. And out. Uh, it's going to be, uh, go to the NXT tab. It's going to be uh, Season 6, Episode 9. This is the August 15th, 2012 edition of NXT. Uh, we're going to say 3, 2, 1, play and kind of get rolling here. 3, 2, 1, play. The fireworks blast. Well, the intro is happening here. If you guys haven't listened to the shoot with the wrestling purists, you should really go back and listen. I missed opportunity to to have the uh, smoking guns theme song start us out. All right, today. steamboat. Fuck you, Richie. Riley Pierce. God damn it! Same, same blue shirt and black tie you've worn every episode. You fucking. He owns cuck. one suit. I guess you got the milk when you went to AEW, not while you were in NXT, whatever the hell that means. I don't know what that means, Trevor. Get soup! Okay, I know what that means. <laughs> Richie says he's dreamt about being a champion since he was a child. Um, I blame I blame Bonnie for that. Ugh. The stupid Jinder Mahal with his razzle-dazzle jacket on. Jinder says tonight his dream becomes a nightmare. Oh, the American nightmare? Dun-dun-dun. Nope. Nothing no, happens with that. No. Uh, and like a year from now, we'll get our ultimate. So that's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited. The rings should be shipping here if it hasn't already shipped. Because we were waiting on the we got the tracking labels last week, but no, we uh, didn't, you you we don't we don't know if we got labels. the uh, tracking numbers yet. This intro kicks they, ass. They did put Jenner Mahal in the intro. We too, still have yet to see Xavier Woods. No, Sophia Cortez. I think he's the only one that is in here, and uh, he's the only one that's on this entrance that's not debuted yet. Which one? Uh, Xavier Woods. Yep, he has not debuted yet. Oh, God, marry me, marry me, oh, my God. Is that oh, Brandy Rose? Rose? What the fuck, right? Eden Styles back then, she was not married to Brandy. That's funny that we just saw that immediately she, the exact same time. Like, that's definitely Brandy just, Rose. She's just hanging out in the audience there. So this is before she met Cody and before she was uh, ring announcing, right? Yeah. Or she ring announcing already for WWE? No. I don't think she started ringing out since like 2014, right? She starts in NXT, correct? I believe so. Here comes Gender. God, I wish someone would have hindered Gender on the way to the ring. We're getting Gender Mahal versus Richie Steamboat in the first semifinal match. He picks the title belt up. What a cunt. Which is never a good sign. When you pick it up, that usually means you're never going to win it. And guess what? He doesn't win it. He wins the WWE title instead. He has a different head color headgear this week. I don't know the significance of that, though, but it's burgundy. I believe it's a turban, is what they call that. I didn't want to be... It's not really right. That's what they call it. They call it a turban. I don't know if it's a turban or different. Uh, well, well, let's, let's look it up. So Dosh- let's, let's, let's be um, as um, 
PC as possible here. Uh, you know what I'm not going to be PC about, though? Fuck Chris Russo. <laughs> friend of the podcast, Tom Latimer's friend. Uh, if you want to see NWA, be sure to go look at uh, NWATicks.com. Get some uh, tickets to NWA 74. Uh, it hasn't already happened yet. It is a turban. It actually it is a turban. Is a turban. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, well, his turban is a different color this week. It's burgundy. He's also the modern-day Maharaja. He, was, he wasn't at the time, though. Where is where is Jinder right now? Like, Is he just injured? or he don't have anything for him? He or? was doing stuff on SmackDown, and then... Um, Shanky sucked. Shanky did like a dance thing, and he like... Beat him down? <laughs> I'm allergic to his bullshit. He made, me, made him sneeze. That's um, the glitter on the jacket. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not an Olivia original. Fuck yeah. She did. <laughs> uh, is he wear- he's wearing the exact same gear he wrestled Bo Dallas in, so hopefully he washed it between tapings. Here we go. Here get Richie Steamboat. Richie to his generic oriental music. Yeah. That's Adam Cole, man. Don't be confused. Him and his uh, Justin Gabriel gear here. Yeah, that is very Justin Gabriel-like gear there. It's funny you did say that about his entrance music, because the very next thing I have in my, my notes is Richie Steamboat's entrance song is so generic. You're welcome. We think a lot of light. That's why we do this podcast. Richie Steamboat's entrance song is so generic. How generic is it? Um, it actually uh, went away to Mexico to take care of orphans, just like El Generico did. Oh. <laughs> so something, something. The first thing I noticed when I first started watching this match and kind of looked at, looked at the notes and everything, this is the shortest match in the entire tournament. Thank God, at least Jinder's off the damn show quickly. Four minutes and forty. This match is less than five minutes. Every other match has been, on average, in, let's say eight to ten minutes. But you want to know what though? Jinder Mahal makes the matches feel much longer. You're not wrong, man. It, it's just because we and like him. I know it's like funny for me to kind of rag on him, but he legitimately has just been the most boring fucking wrestler on these episodes. He's not. He has no. Um, he has no. He's an '80s heel. Yeah. Really, that's it. Like. He's not supposed to have like the charismatic stuff, I guess, and everything, but he reminds me of a lankier, less like rotund Iron Sheik. Yeah. He's no. just not supposed to have a gimmick, really, except uh, being that he's Arab. Knocking on wood, no rain today. However, everyone decided to cut their grass uh, and today. Rev, their, rev their diesel fucking trucks up. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting little bit already here. I don't know if you guys can hear that awesome lawnmower in the background. If you can, we apologize. Oh, they cut it off because he knew what the fuck was about yeah, to happen. We were saying. The, the crowd mind. does not care about gender at all. They they give him no reaction, no nothing. Poor Richie. He he's very basic in his ring. He does nothing very to wow everybody. Like Richie is working his ass off right now. Well, and the crowd was behind Richie, but I think it's just like gender literally sucks the air out of the building in NXT because he's just not what those people want to see. Well, he's only around for a little bit longer in NXT, and then he gets he, he doesn't really even do a whole lot on the main roster until 3MB kind of pops up. Yeah, and then he doesn't do anything really on the main roster until he's fired and comes back. Yeah. Think about it. And I'll give him credit for his heel run. I never thought that title reign would last as long as it did, but it was it was a decent little Nakamura should have defeated him for the title. He really should have. Nakamura really got shitted out of the title twice. He should have beat AJ one time. Oh, and they're three, three, you know, three matches, and they really should have beat gender when they had their multiple matches. Yeah, great high knee. He fucking blasted but, him in the face with that fucking knee. Almost fell on top of him though. He like blasted his ass hard with it. Well, you know what type of high knee it was? Harley race like high knee. I thought you were gonna say like a. That's uh, what Jim Ross calls every high knee. Now. I thought you were gonna call it a Ed Leslie high knee. Nah, fuck you. <laughs> Ain't no booty man high knee. 
Oh, man. I have my notes here, too. I would have preferred Richie to be in the finals here just to kind of give two, like, up-and-coming guys um, a, an opportunity. However, uh, I really do think that um, it makes sense with Gender being the heel to be in the main event. Well, and you got to think back to the, the opening episodes of NXT. Him and Seth have had a little thing ever since then, like... They ran into each other on the ramp. They ran into each other backstage. So seeds have been planted since the before the tournament started for them to have the finals, to have that match. Yeah. Uh, this is the first episode. You'll just start to notice this uh, as the episode progresses. R- Richie is trying to get the fi- crowd fired up. They're not having any of it. Like They're sitting on their damn hands right here. Uh, you'll notice it. Cause we already had the little deal with Bri- uh, Briley Pierce. They almost fucked that up because he didn't, he didn't uh, help rotate him over. Um, and... Oh. Oh, he's fighting now. He's going for that camel clutch. There's a lot of backstage segments on this show. Nice pin. Nice pin. Ref was at a position. Of course he was. That's the one ref that I don't think ever made it to the main roster either. Up, up. He's going to go up. Up. One, one two, two. Roll up. Uh, two count. They're still having a hard time finding that uh, TV camera. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Yeah, I think they're not They're not really used to it. I mean, FCW had, they had their shows, but still. Uh, this camera angle is still weird. <laughs> To me, like it's not a stationary camera. It kind of looks like it's off to the side. Like it's almost like on a boom. It's yeah. not, a, not a stationary hard cam almost. Heck yeah, look at that. Richie kicking out there. For the referee with an elbow pad. That's how you know it's he's getting towards the end. You know, I was almost thinking it was disrespectful that this match was as short as it was. But then retrospective, I'm really grateful that I don't have to see gender as long as I did last week. Because last week's match was like 11 minutes long. So this match is almost is, is pretty much half of what it was the last week's match. I mean, I give it that though. Like they, but see, like you feel like this, it feels much longer than four minutes. I feel like we've been watching this for ten, and I think it's just cause gender so slow, slow and plotting. Yeah, but it, I think it just doesn't fit the scheme of what they're trying to do here. Cassius Ono, he it's not that he's slow and plotting; he's just hard hitting. Big yeah. E, straight power. Oh, that's how fuck, for, it, fuck his back up. That's how he went for an Alabama jam and <clears throat> fucked it up. Here it is, though. He rares he back that on that. He that shit in. Got a little bit better. Still not TV side. And you almost think Richie's going to try to power out. They put over his camel clutch hard in this tournament. I, I refuse to put Jinder Mahal over. He sucks. Well, here comes the tap. Yep. He taps out on the camera side. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Now, everyone knows at this point that it's going to be him and Seth. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say that, too, is once you kind of see uh, gender, gender win, win you, you kind of know who's going to win the next match. You're not going to have Michael McGillicuddy versus Jinder Mahal. Well, I guess in us, we would know, but maybe like younger audience would be like, oh, I wonder if they're going to have McGillicuddy versus Jinder. That's stupid, but it could happen. Like, we're just... Jaded wrestling his, fans watch, that have seen everything. This is probably how I heard his fucking back doing weird fucking bumps like that. He almost tried to take a flat back, but still fell on his <clears> ass bone. He probably would have been safer to take the flat back. But like, I just think we've watched enough wrestling. We can see how things play out, which is to a benefit and a detriment, I guess. I like to be surprised, though. Yeah, I just... Fuck you, gender. I would hinder gender. Gender advances to the finals, yay. Hooray. You're so excited. No one cares. I really almost wish that the Drew and Drew would have been the guy that Seth faced in the end to overcome the demon kind of thing, you know. God damn, Bradley instead Pierce. of instead of this. Oh yeah, here we go though. We start get the, the Craven the Hunter Leo Kruger here. 
Because he's got something inside that needs to come out, Gene. Sorry, Riley. <laughs> Stupid blue shirt. Like, he had one blue shirt and one black tie. Maybe this one doesn't have the design on it because that looks like a flat black tie. And he tie. realizes he's missing that. He took he took the... Fake um, tooth out. Look at... Is, is he jizzing? Bradley Pierce looks like he's coming all over. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like he's... The you know, when I first... coming. When I first watched this, I didn't realize he took the, like, the partial piece out for his tooth... I thought it was just like that. I was like, oh, I just didn't even notice it. And there's something inside him. He's rubbing his belly. And his voice has gotten different and more like demonic. Which, I like this version of Leo Kruger better. But like, it's like, they give it no real reason why he changes from aristocrat to hunter. Unless it comes out later on. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. Bradley Pierce, I fucking hate you so much. God, you were not meant to be a backstage interviewer. Which I guess they were just using what they had. The one man bam barrel. Look at me, one man bam baby. Pretty damn cool, man. <laughs> just a red, I'm just a redheaded rebel. Stone. Redheaded rebel. We're ready to take over Impact, baby. No. You see me on Raw wrestling them old fossils? <laughs> He's so bad on the mic, man. It's so. Bad. He believes in himself, though. I give, I give him that, man. I'd rather listen to him cut a promo than fucking uh, Gender or Bo Dallas. Because he's the one man by him, baby. Well, he's a one man girl. So I'm just a red-headed Fabio, man. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what Brian Myers and Matt Cardona said he used to call himself in Deep South. He's just a red-headed Fabio, man. Oh, my God. It's funny just to think of all the like the NX, like the Nexus guys and where they're at right now and what they're doing. Because, you know, we already see Michael McGillicuddy. We've seen... Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Justin Gabriel. Uh, I think Wade Barrett's about the only one who's doing big stuff, and he kind of got lost in the show. I, I think he he was injured at that time because didn't he get hurt at the like the Raw after Elimination Chamber? Yeah, he was wrestling Orton too. Like he had a big feud with Orton. Well, they do the whole Elimination Chamber match where Punk wins, and then the next night they do a battle royal, and okay. Barrett catches somebody on the outside and fucks his elbow up. I've got a quick question to ask you. How many shitty tribal tattoos do you think white men of America have? And just professional wrestling alone, it's too goddamn many. Yeah, and then he's got like a radioactive symbol that turned into a tribal tattoo. It looks like spiders with a clown head in the middle of it. <laughs> Once again, I blacked out. <laughs> I look like Ronald McDonald without the face paint, man. man. <laughs> I once wore Sting face paint, man. They call me Stein. Stein. I, lo- I love me some Sting, man. And the crowd chants, we want Frosties. Because they were calling them Wendy's and stuff. Oh, man. I, he, like, he's later, though, like, at least give it to him. They gave him the mic time. That They let him carry those segments on Raw. Like, at least he had the confidence. We get Scotty Duhati randomly. The crowd pops. I think right here would have been the perfect time to send out Big E. Oh, Big yeah. E comes out there. He he goes after Big E, and he catches him with a big inning and beats him super super quick. Puts Big E over huge. Well, the crowd kind of went mild for Scotty. Like this crowd doesn't seem as hyped as the last crowd of set of tapings. You know, Real but- says he wants to punch. Uh, <laughs> he wants to punch Heath Slater in the face. <laughs> Scotty though, still energetic. He threw his shirt yeah. on the camera. <laughs> still in shape too, man. It like, was great because isn't it later on that. That two cool challenges the ascension for the tag. I want to say it's at the first takeover. Yeah, because their arrival takeover. Because Scotty arrival. is based out of Orlando, is what they say on this commentary. Yeah, he's bald when he does that. But I, I have my notes too that he looks like a mini HBK. Heck yeah, 
He's got those pants, man, a little bit bigger than HBK's pants. But like, man, give it to Scotty. Still, still milking the gimmick there. Yeah, and um, looks great in the match too. Like, I'm trying to think if this was a time when he was still doing some stuff backstage for them. I know he's been a producer for them for a while. He actually left. Was it last year when they started changing the 2.0? Yeah, I think he wrapped up his little run because he's doing some indie shots now. Like he said, he, he stayed wanted to mark off some stuff like wrestling in like different places or something. Yeah, I, I, just looking up some stuff on him, just a little bit of facts. Uh, they did see that he uh, was working in the indies there for quite a while. Uh, he worked in a bunch of different countries. He wanted to work in a bunch of different places. Uh, he also, uh, I believe it was 2013, he actually became a firefighter. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Uh, also, like they actually go into the backstory for Scotty's career on here. And I didn't know that he lied about his age to wrestle. Yeah, Regal says that he I think he was what sixteen or seventeen when and, he and he said he was he lied and said he was eighteen so he could work for the WWF. Who was in charge? Because like the Hardys fucking did this and like who like probably Chief J didn't give a shit. Like well, also you got to think they probably came with somebody that vouched for him, like the Italian Stallion or whatever, uh, Gary Sabal, whatever his name because was. he would bring the jobbers. That's how the Hardys said they got there the first few times. Was through him because you, he. You still think him. that they would check? Because I mean, a lot of those, a lot of those states that they wrestled in ha- are commission states. So you think they'd have to have a license. license, unless they had a Ford's license or something. That could be the case. I mean, it, it different time though. Like the nineties were kind of nineties and eighties were wild west. But I can remember Scotty Too Hotty. One of the first times I really remember Scotty is wrestling Steve Austin when he was the ringmaster. Yep. Because he has the mullet and just like the weird singlet. Yeah, I was about to say he's wearing a singlet. At the time I think I he, I th- have we seen him in ninety five yet? I, I think we may have. have on Wrestling Ruin, but like you got to think, Scotty was um, a jobber uh, right on up to, um, and I use that just as a you know wrestling term. But he was in the light heavyweight tournament, and then that's kind of where he got his break because he starts tagging with uh, Brian Christopher out of that for too much mm-hmm. because he's uh, was it too hot Scott Taylor and too sexy Brian Christopher, and then I just watched the promo in '99 where they turn into too cool. And they cut like the weirdest white rapper promo ever. And he's like, "We're too hot." You know what? I'm Scotty too hotty, baby. And then like, and Brian Chris was like, "I just don't look good. I'm Grandmaster Sexy." Yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. the promo. It is it's bad, bad. It's and Scotty said they cut it that way on, on purpose. purpose because they were trying to be heels and trying to stick out. But like Sunday Night Heat's where they did it, and like it's just it's, I don't. I I just remember looking back on it, watching. It, I was like, man, I forgot all about this shit. It's wild too because they're kind of they were kind of a rip off of PG thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Jimmy Graffiti too and WCW. Oh Jesus! I will say though, like you got to think though, they started out as a heel team and then by Royal Rumble two thousand with Rikishi, they, they are on top of the world, man. Yeah, they, they, they do that spot and they, Rikishi throws them out. They're they are fucking over selling merch like hell. The Worm is like the biggest thing. Like they were a competent enough tag team. Brian Christopher was a great worker. Brian Christopher put the goggles on and like get the wax them off yeah. and then jump off the top rope. I do think it's uh it's funny too because the crowd chants we want frosties. Give it to him. Give it to him. It was like he went and bought some motocross pants that are a little bit too big. Nice spot there. Lucha spot. Catching himself in the ropes. It's almost like looking for Heath to turn around, though. Yeah, he's waiting on him. And they oh, here we go. The crowd's popping hard for him. Oh, they, they know who he is. Com- here it comes. Like when they came out, they were kind of like, "Eh, Scotty too hotty." Then it's like they remember because, like, look at the people raising the roof now. Here it is. 
I think it's cool that they, they've kind of continued this gimmick from Raw. Go. The legends are coming back to beat him. W-O-R-M. It's the worm. And then they're like, yeah, the worm's still as good as it ever was. And the refs even like, do it One, two, three. Scotty Tuati gets the win. Quick little match. I still think it would have been good to have someone like Big E come out and kind of get the rub from it, but I get it. Crowd had fun. Like, if they had Big E come out right now and just destroy him. What if Big E came out and destroyed Scotty Tuati? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he comes out and destroys him. You think that... Because you remember in his promo, he's like, he's like, I don't get paid by the hour. Time is money. And they could have been like, you took my spot. Took my money. Because, like, this is the common theme of early NXT. They bring all these, you know lower level WWE guys in to, to, just to give them time and kind of let people see them, I guess, as a name from Raw. They think it'll help draw the crowd. But, like, they when they start phasing this out is when it starts to get really good. NXT oh, yeah. starts to get really good. And we're, and we're getting closer and closer to it. I think uh, as the episodes go on, they're going to start weeding out some of the crap. Um, and we're, before too long, we're going to be, you know, creeping on the guys like uh, Sami Zayn and Neville creeping up, and we're not too far off from that. Neville and Oliver Gray, stuff like that. Like yeah, tag team tournament. The the Wyatt family, Luke Harper and um, Eric Rowan. But yeah, I mean, you got to give it to them. Like they they were still figuring out their formula for NXT, which they let Scotty milk the crowd for as long as they wanted to, which is good good respect there. The Ascension will rise up next. The Usos versus the Ascension. This Which is, is by the, far the weirdest ending to a match I think I've ever seen. And this is also a rematch because they've already wrestled each other one time, right? Yeah, I think the Ascension beat them. Because they, they wrestled. It was before the Usos started doing the entrance like they do. They were still wearing the tights, not yep. the long shorts. They were wearing those fluorescent <clears throat> green tights. Did you know, Travis? I did know. Not know this. WWE Superstars and Divas have already competed in Italy, Brazil, UK, Mexico, Ireland, Japan, Spain, Ecuador, Austria, Russia, and China this year. How did they wrestle in Russia and China? I thought they were communist nations. You don't understand working. I don't, obviously. Full Sail University. We've been there. We have been there. Caught the finals of the Cruiserweight Classic there. And a set of NXT tapings. Yep. Shout out to Will for uh, being a cut. <laughs> Last week, we're going to watch this awesome spot oh, again. Ooh. Because it's the only good thing for the match. It really is. And then he's like, oh, get up. Let me hit you with my flatliner. Then the crowd chants slushies as he puts on the camel clutch because no. they're racist. You are in Florida, though. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I will. Shout out to uh, the Kevin Nash podcast. Click this. They have a segment every week called uh, Jersey Man or Florida Guy. <laughs> And they pick out <laughs> headlines from Florida and New Jersey, and Kevin Nash has to pick which one also, goes I as well like Sean Oliver. I like yeah. watching their timeline stuff. That's it's, it's, pretty good it's, stuff. It's pretty good stuff. And Nash told a story about Bam Bam, I'll tell you after this podcast. Oh, I'm really excited. Uh, but here comes... I hate that they showed these promos from like last week. Like It's kind of weird. Yeah, Bradley sucks. Still wearing the blue shirt from this week, by the way. And Bo Dallas says he's hungrier than he has ever been. He's funny thing is he actually sounds like Bray Wyatt in this promo. He sounds just like him. Because you remember earlier said earlier today and he was wearing the exact same shirt? Yep. Exact same tie. Fuck you, Briley Pierce. Like, I just I don't know. I hope you got a lot better. I've not watched your stuff on Dark oh, Elevation. Derek Bateman making his appearance again says he has nothing to be ashamed of talking to, to Bo, but he just wasn't good enough. And he calls him his protege in this, like too, like Derek Bateman's still technically a rookie too. Like, didn't really make make sense. And then he quotes Chumbawamba. You know what? We never saw a wrestling Loma or like a 
yard guy in WWE in 95. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Fuck you, Lomar. Shit. Yeah, he quotes Chumbawamba and he says he gets knocked down and he gets up again. That, that's why I sent that gift the other day. I know. I was like, <laughs> fuck you. They're slowly hinting around for Bateman to be a heel. And I'm actually kind of intrigued by it. Yeah, but then they get released like before he actually I believe to do so. it. I believe <laughs> so. Do it. Well, it's because he's he's not getting any traction. Like no one gives a fuck. They didn't like him as a baby Look, face. Briley almost lost it. He was just like oh. when he did the Chumbawamba thing and he called him his protege. Bo's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he's still almost losing it. Oh, oh I, I, it's kind of weird. They just kind of cut back to this. Yeah, it is weird. They're they cut right back out. into uh, the ascension. Entrance is still cool. I don't. I don't care what you say. I think the the entrance rules. Uh, I think it's it's just really cool. It helps get them over. Their faces on the screen, like looking down, make it look like he's looking at you trying to take a shit. Maybe he's he just was. like, yeah, smell it. We're Kenneth, seeing. It's Kenneth Cameron. Wrong podcast. Oh, yeah, you're right. Shitting in darkness. I don't know. Kenneth Cameron, I feel like, could have been the star out of this. And he just kind of made some bad decisions. We won't go into it again. But like, he, he just, his, I guess his youth got in the way. I do not like his zip tie things on his legs, though. They looked weird. I don't know what that was for. But I, I noticed either. it in the match. Like, he wears it. I don't know if it's some kind of early form of K- Kinsey tape or whatever. A KT tape? Yeah. But, like, it just looks weird. It, I don't know. But then... The cameraman was in the shot there, like he's shooting up in the Conor O'Brien. Yeah. So that's the shot they should have been shooting from when he turned the light on anyway. Yeah, the the light. He's over there, like, looking into it. Which they never really explained what that is, but it was a cool visual. It's uh, the souls of the Ascension that they've stolen. They're rising right now, but my pants aren't, because I hate Conor O'Brien. Come Kenneth on. Cameron, champ, champion tan right there. Oh, see, the Usos coming out with their new Ooh, entrance. Yeah, they, they got the baggy scene. shorts now. Gloves, which they didn't wear the gloves for long. No, they did not. But, like, they got the, I'm from Samoa, from Samoa, or whatever they say. They, in it. Like, the they got the pants. Yeah. I will say, these guys got in. When I say Usos, are in who? great shape now, by the way. Like, to think Jay is on the left. And he is in. He got a freaking like world title match, like a little run with Roman. I love that you God. can figure him out because I still can't. I just look. I've just seen him enough. I lo- I love that somebody posted you like they've been in the fucking WWE for ten years and we still can't figure out which one's Jay and which one's. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jimmy's Jimmy. on the ropes right now. How do you know? Because he got the tattoo over his heart. That's how you remember that, and also he also always has the thing out of his eyebrow. I like the like, like shaved into his yeah. eyebrow. It's just weird. It's just weird yeah. how much they have look changed. Look at that, dude. The way that they locked up was fucking great. Like, there was so much intensity to Look at him. Weird choice of tights that he doesn't match with Conor O'Brien. I like too. the tights, though. I like them better than the other ones that they wore. Yeah. I just doesn't match with Conor O'Brien, though. That's only my problem with the Ascension tights. He is Samoan, so he actually um, can... I'm on top. And then take a headbutt. Look at this, he's going to dance a little bit like their daddy, the reggae. I think that's one of the things Woo! that like, they had to get away from is being like, trying, their dad. being like their dad too much. Because it, when they became the serious Uso Penitentiary. Oh my Uso, God, dude, the promos were great. The, their in-ring work has just gotten better. And you know, I'm very surprised that they have not tried to break them up. I'm glad they haven't. I almost thought they were going to with the whole him having the world title match with Roman and yeah. stuff. I thought... Jimmy would stay with Roman and Jay would go off on his own kind of thing, but then he would have just faded because I don't think they would have known what to do with him at the time. 
but now I think they might would. But like, it's just it's just the thing. The thing of it is, if you've noticed on SmackDown, the way that um, the way that Jay is treating uh match is tr- oh yeah, they are matching just very small there. I couldn't see it, but the way that um Jimmy or Jay is treating Sami Zayn is how Roman treated him when yeah. they first started out trying to make him you know break him down and stuff. It's gonna be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, I almost say I like I like the way they do this like stampede stomp here. It reminds me of the thing that the New Day uh, they would do that kind of stuff like that as that, well. That riff is was on the main roster for a little while. I don't know if he's still with the company or not. I'm not sure either. I do like that they have started saying the ref's name again on TV. Yeah, makes them feel like okay, it's not just a generic ref after a generic ref kind of thing. Uh, I have my notes. I think that if they when they do add Rick Victor, they could have been a good trio. Yep. As the three of them. Oh, look, another generic tribal tattoo on a white guy. Shocker. Uh, we should really keep up with that. I'm going to keep up with the tribal tracker. <laughs> tribal tracker. <laughs> so, funny funny thing is, I was doing some research on the Usos. I don't want to go too in-depth on the in, on the Usos. But there are some interesting teams that they were feuding against in FCW, which was the Rotunda Brothers, which is Bo and uh, Bray Wyatt was going by Duke. They were Bo Duke. Oh, like the Dukes of Hazard. Yes. Bo and Duke. Uh, the Fortunate Sons. Do you know who that was? Fuck. Fortunate Sons. Oh, I'm going to get confused with the new Fortunate Sons that were around, you know, later on. I don't know who the Fortunate Sons are. Joe Henning, who is Michael McGillicuddy, and Brett DiBiase. Uh, I get it. Fortunate Sons, because they're the sons of uh, third generation. That's cool. Yep. And then Brett actually uh, had a little uh, spot at SummerSlam, I believe it was, mm-hmm. uh, when he uh, the uh, legacy was still a thing. And he makes the interference and helps Orton uh, retain the title. And you never see him again. Yeah, you literally never see him again after that. All right, put your hair down, Elvis. So uh, this this feud would actually go all the way to October, really in August, uh, but would actually end because Kenneth Cameron gets released. Yep. Because Kenneth Cameron's not on NXT for long, but like his his like the elbow he just did was vicious looking. Like threw his whole body into it. I like I like stuff like that where it's like Gender cut did the one on the previous episode where he's just like nah. I thought said don't you dare compliment just, that man just on this jumped in the air and like fell down on it it was stupid and I hated it oh my oh. god here comes House of Fire House of Fire House of Fire oh I'm on top to the gun. oh well, I, I like the Bob head Bob I like the baggy shorts of the Usos look at that that was, that was innovative that was pretty cool. Freaking here it comes. Here comes uh they still do they they would do that for the longest time. Ooh. So they still do that. Yep. That's they, like to pay homage to pretty much every Samoan wrestler ever because they did that move. Uh, mainly their dad. They're, uh, they're, well, Yoko did it. Oh um uh, didn't Umaga do it as well? Yep. Umaga did it. I believe the head shrinkers did it. Both of them. We are gonna get the weirdest ending to a match here. It's almost like someone gets hurt, but then it doesn't make sense, kinda. Yeah, here it comes. So, because uh, it's the one of the worst disqualification finishes I've ever seen. And it's not good. It's weird. Because they've so, like, done this. Boom! T- t- he falls. Disqualification. So the basis of this disqualification was he was going to jump off the rope, and Connor shoves him off the rope, and that's the disqualification. Well, maybe they were. I get it because it's kind of back to basic tag rules. Is like. He's he's warned him to get in the ring. He's warned him to leave him alone, and then he just had enough. He pushed him off the top rope. He wasn't listening. He kind of lost control, and he DQ'd him. 
But there wasn't enough that led up to that in the match for you to think. No, that that and could the crowd, the crowd's fucking confused too. Like it is, there's like there's uh, a guy out there trying to explain it to a chick. But then it's like Jimmy never gets back in the ring, and Jay just gets beat down here. Which it's almost like, but Jay showed or Jimmy showed no signs of being hurt. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. The I don't, they do a beat down here. Um, Unless they're just trying to make the ascension look uncontrollable, yeah, which they it's, should have. It's let making them, them feel like a bigger deal, because I feel like the 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 stomping would have warranted more for a DQ than him pushing him off top rope. Yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, weird straps on his leg. I like the total elimination that they do here. I like it better than uh, the move that the ascension would start doing, which is almost demolition like. Yeah. Ah. I don't like Connor's um, pompadour haircut. I don't. Fat Elvis. I'm telling you. Gothic Elvis. That's all it is. And he's got some kind of ace bandage on his leg like Cesaro. And his travel tattoo. Yeah. His travel tattoo. It, I will say the beatdown makes him feel like a big deal. And th- this this whole ending makes it feel like a big deal. And I really like it. Freaking. I mean, they, they look imposing there. But it's just like, okay, you did it. Let's cut away. Because now it's just kind of getting awkward. Now we're gonna get in your face. I feel like that, and then we're gonna slide out. Slide right on out. The good little match though, until the ending. The ending was poop. The yeah, ending was. The ending was, ending was shite. And then we get the graphic for Seth Rollins and Michael McGillicuddy, which, as you were foreshadowing on our last episode, may be the best match we've watched in NXT so far. It is really good. I was very pleasantly surprised with how good of this my, match was. My two. Things for in it for the match of the my my two thing for the match matches best matches in NXT are Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins and probably this match. Yeah, the Drew the Drew Mc, the tournament match that Drew and, and Seth have I think is better than the match that they actually had the week before. Bradley Pierce all over this fucking show. And then they cut to Matt Striker, which is obviously at like a SmackDown taping. Oh Looks like God. nowhere else they've done. And he's here with Hunico and Camacho, and he says, "Listen, Holmes." Hunico had a stomach virus and had a 107 degree temperature. That's why they lost the match against Mike Dalton and Jason Jordan. And my Matt Stryker's even like, if you had a 107 degree temperature, shouldn't you have been in the emergency room? And he's like, no, fought it off. And then Camacho said he lost his burrow. And then in, or Hunico says Camacho lost his burrow. And then he goes, I don't have a burrow. He goes, shut up, man. Well, then, like, they got Tama Tonga here with the, the weakest, like, Mexican accent. Too, because they have him trying to be Hispanic, and he just doesn't. He just doesn't doesn't fit him. They're both wearing some Oakleys here. Wearing some uh, was that uh, what kind of beads are those? Rosaries. Rosaries. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. I'm not super religious. Then Matt Striker like hauls ass. See you on the rebound essay is what he says. I, I do like this little promo promo from Raquel. Yeah, she says uh, they got their granny panties in a wad, and they're. Uh, that she's still exfoliating ugliness to her. Uh, there are a lot of backstage segments. I said it earlier, but there is just a lot. This feels like more like a production. You know what I mean? I feel like some of the other episodes, you might get one little backstage segment hyping up maybe a match that you might get next week, like the uh, first episode where we saw um, uh, uh, Dirty Curdy, yeah. um, Johnny Curtis, yeah. and uh, Derek Bateman. However, I like stuff like this. It's character development. You're adding, yeah. you're adding to the character. And I feel like it makes the tournament matches feel more important. They're spaced out a little bit, too. Yeah. It gives them gives gives it time to breathe for the next match, which here it comes. 
NXT champion potato chips yeah. Oreo cookies McGillicuddy <laughs> is my buddy yeah so the story we've talked about before when I first met Travis he looked just like Michael McGillicuddy and that's how we became friends when, when he was cutting his promo in the video they showed him talking like I was I, I was like I, I see it more now than I ever have yeah Here we go Jim Ross back they changed the you notice that they changed the uh the way the names came up, Jim yeah. Ross's was first. Oh, re- oh I, didn't, I didn't see the yeah. order, yeah. Instead of William Regal's. So they switched the names on it. McGillicuddy. Potato Jimmy. <laughs> he's got a scar <laughs> on his belly. <laughs> I can make it work, dude. I'm <laughs> dying. <coughs> oh, Larry Henny. Joe. Is Joe. his grandpa. <laughs> His name's Joseph Henning. <laughs> he likes winning. Oh, <laughs> Too bad he didn't do a lot of that. Screw you. Tag, right. t- tag team champion, though, with the uh, Bo Dallas. <laughs> no one again. <laughs> oh, God damn it. The worst part of Seth Rollins <laughs> in this time of his career is the whole jumping around. Moshing. Moshing and pointing at the stupid title. I hate it. I hate it. And I hate the fact that he went and watched John Moxley's match against Effie. I hate that he was at a GCW show. He went and watched the match? You haven't seen that picture where he's like peeking out behind the curtain watching the match? No. Yeah, he's there. Because it was in, uh, I don't remember, he was in town or something for something. And the Miz is actually backstage. He's walking, they got a picture of uh, Matt Cardona's on like a YouTube video. It's like him and somebody oh, else. Oh yeah, because wasn't it like Cardona's like wedding thing that they're, they did? They're renewing their vows. Yeah. And Miz is walking in the background and like, the guy on the camera with him is like, is that the Miz? He's like, no, that's some guy that didn't win tough enough. That's what, that's what, that's what Matt Cardona says, which popped me. But it was just like, oh, okay. Ooh, that's nice. But the, the, here it is, man. We got it uh, starting out with some chain wrestling here. I like it. Yeah, I, I will go on record to say already, this is probably my favorite match We've watched. Yep. I actually like this match better than I like the uh, Drew McIntyre Seth Rollins match. It, it's just really good. Um, Michael McGillicuddy doesn't do any like high flying moves, but what he does is ground based. But he does what Jinder Mahal tries to do and try to do ground based attacks. Well, but makes everything mean something. And his like his motions aren't just like meh. He yeah, meh. it looks he, like, real. He makes it. He throws some extra into it. Like he. It gives it a better look. Like, if you put him and Jenner in a match side-by-side side and they did the same moves, I guarantee you his would look better because he'd add some snap to it or a little bit of charisma to his stuff, you know? I think they could have made this match the finals and I would have fucking dug it. Yep, I would have dug it because you got to think, McGillicuddy's been a center of storylines with Tyson Kidd and stuff since the beginning of the yeah. shows. Have and they were having good too. matches too. Which is weird that Tyson Kidd wasn't in the match, but... It's also like I think he was getting a little push on the main roster at the time. He was. He was, he was doing the he, money in the was, bank. Yeah, he, I think he had some like U.S. title matches as well. Because I feel like Gabriel took his spot. Because it would have, yeah. it would have, it would have felt natural for Tyson and McGillicuddy to have that first round matchup instead of um, him and uh, Justin Gabriel. Nice disrespectful slap in the face there. I like it. This match or Ric Flair's last match? This one. <laughs> I am shout out to. Uh, the uh, my world with Jeff Jarrett. They are talking about everything that went into that show, and I commend Jeff Jarrett a lot because he, if it wasn't for Jeff Jarrett, that stuff probably wouldn't have went off as well as it did. 
And I may Oof. sound like a Jeff Jarrett mark, but the more I know about the guy and the more we've seen him in 1995, Ooh. hell of a topaz. Still does that to this day. But uh, Jeff Jarrett, okay in my book. Yeah, I met Jeff. Ch- Ch- Jeff chosen one. Jeff was at an NGW show. I met um, actually, him. one of the better shows NGW has ever done called On Fire. He was actually there. Broke, Boom! He, he sells the oh. sell that right hand. Holy shit, was fucking would, good. You would think he's knocked out. It looks like it. Like I, it's 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 really cool. I do like this gear from uh from Seth better than the gear I've seen, and uh, I think it, I think it's better. I just think it's better. Yeah. In the road, <laughs> you got a five count to break the hope. There you go. I'm gonna start doing that all the time when Gil Cuddy's on the screen. And I love I, enough. A lot of people don't do that enough, where they follow through with the Irish whip and like he throws him and he hits the mat too. Like gives yeah, that Brett, extra. Uh, they they used to do that to Brett when Brett would do the um the, stern, the sternum spot. Yeah. I'm surprised Brett didn't crack his sternum more because he hit the hell out of those turnbuckles. So we got to be a star uh, commercial right in the middle of this match, which kind of throws me off a little bit. Uh, but I do have a question, Travis. I wonder if paying for sexual favors in a publicly traded company with company money is being a star. Uh, the star of his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kevin Nash even said that uh, he's like he made the comment that uh, the boys in like ninety four, ninety five. Never made five million dollars. He said, "So good for them for getting the money." He said, "He says, he says, if I was one of the boys from that time, he says, I think I'd be more mad with Vince McMahon for that than him sleeping, paying some girl to shut her mouth about sexing him up, sexing up." But like, yeah, it's um, <laughs> man, it's a bad thing. Like he did it and everything. There's there's not been a whole lot of them saying sexual misconduct, like. Which, Unwarranted, like he forced yeah, them to blow them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, shady cover-up oh. stuff. But, like, I just, I don't understand how a man in that much power couldn't have found a mistress that would have just been his mistress. <laughs> and yeah. I had to pay him. Yeah, but, you're like, right. It's, it's weird. It's it's weird to see it. So, uh, Chris, so Christy Hemi, Don Marie, Amy Weber, Carmela Descara, Georgie Giovanni, whoever you are. You got the money. We started breaking it down a little bit when it was you, me, and Brandon when we recorded our last episode of Wrestling Room. I really think it might be Chrissy, Christy Hemi. Christy Hemi, yeah. I thought I thought about Amy Weber because she was in JBL's cabinet and then just vanished. Well, the thing about Christy Hemi is, and like Brandon said, she's never came, came back. back. Nope. And there were, I remember back in the day, there were talks that Triple H had an affair with her. Don Marie never came back either, did she? Well, I think did she came out for ECW One Night Stand or something. She was at One Night Stand because she came out and uh, managed um, preg- Just Incredible. She was pregnant there, right? I don't think she was pregnant there, yeah. Yeah, but, but I think she, she did back. get pregnant from um, Al Wilson. Uh, fucking Simon <laughs> Diamond. Never say Al Wilson in our. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, I think I would have preferred seeing Richie versus Seth in the finals because it's kind of like you're two stars that oh, you yeah, wanted you're two, to build you're two it around. I'm surprised they didn't do Bo versus Seth in the finals, too. I, but I, I guess they were trying to do it where they didn't split the crowd. Like, they wanted to be, you know, a babyface, the babyface. So I get why they went with Seth, but I agree with you. I feel like Richie and him would have been a pretty damn good match. Somebody would have had to wear some different gear, though. Because they, they, Look at that. they oh. had the kick pads and the tights. I mean, they're kind of similar how they have the setup. He doesn't he doesn't get the credit, man, but he is so fucking smooth in the ring. I could see how he'd be a good agent, though. Like He could put a good match together. So, I got to ask you, um, I remember seeing Punk cutting a promo 
on I can't remember when it was. It was probably at the end of the year, but he puts over like like Davy Boy Smith Jr. and then he puts over you know Chris Masters. Is that when they they fired him and Luke Gallows. That might have been. But doesn't he also put over Joe Henning? Yeah, he says Joe Henning though. He doesn't call him Michael McGillicuddy. So I mean, he had his supporters. I mean, and it's not like and Triple H was behind him as well. Know, when he comes in as Curtis Axel wins the Intercontinental Title, I really thought he was going to get that that push, the almighty push that everyone talks about. But he just didn't. It just faded away. Like they even put it with Heyman, and I thought, okay, they're about to make this guy. What hurt him is Ryback also being put Fucking with Heyman. Fucking Ryback, so that sucked. Singlets. Right. Beanies. Ryback sucks. Ryback sucks. He's a fucking cuck. Skip Sheffield also sucks. <laughs> yep, the, yep, yep. The silverback Ryan Reeves. Get fucked, dude. That the silver cuck Ryan yeah. Reeves. Then he's like, Mark Henry stole my name. I'm like, it didn't catch on with Mark Henry either. The silverback's a stupid name. If anything, when I hear Mark Henry being called the Silverback, it sounds extremely racist. Yeah, because it's a, go- it's a gorilla. gorilla. Like, it's super racist. Oh, that nice kick back low kick. Yeah, I remember when we're talking about stuff and making fun of his about his like theme song, but this match, oh, boom. I love that. He does the flatliner into the the middle turnbuckle. He does do the, the buckle bomb here in a second. Oh, he does. Yeah, it's and the it first time I've bad. seen it. Oh, dude, it's scary. It's scary. Like, I mean, I, I, I get why he's a lot more, like, you know, safe now. But after the sting thing, man, like that was that was kind of scary too. Bow, bow, oh, we go. Watch this. Here we go. He's about to do a little oh, splash. This here. is like his sweet chin music. No, get the crowd revved up. He still does that from time to time when he was a baby face. Boom! Oh, misses. Just the sell. Seth Rollins, like he definitely is. He he is the highlight here. Oh, perfect, Mr. perfect move. Boom. The, the, God, I love it. Look at these suplexes he gives on. Oh man, what what would you? It's kind of like—is it like a whippersnapper? Like, what do you call that move? Like snapmare. Oh, is it, it's a, not just a snap. Snapmare is just a, yeah. Well, it's like what would like you, a running snapmare, maybe. Like I know that's what's called in WWE 2K. I don't know. It's not a whippersnapper because that's a stunner. A whippersnapper. It's what is stupid a, Mikey Whipwreck used as a stunner. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, elbows to the face there. Look at that, I do like his gear better, like here. Look at this. I just I don't understand all the slash snap back suplex. He talks about suplex. how he learned some of those suplexes in Japan, and oh, we got a two count here. Oh, I, I still don't know how I feel about Seth. He don't have the neck beard going on right now, so there's that. Kind of trimmed up a little bit, a little bit, a little trimmed up, a little trimmed up there, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. This guy been reffing on the main roster for a while. I think he's like their first Asian referee, maybe. Oh, he went to go for that, uh, his finisher that he used on um, last week on yep. Justin Gabriel. Oh! The hook neck breaker. He hit him with a forearm, more so, of a forearm than a clothesline. It's almost like an uppercut neck breaker. Like it's, it's cool looking. Yeah, I also said too, like, we talked about it earlier, but you'd think if Richie would have won against Jerry, you wouldn't know who was going to win this match. Yeah. Like right now, I know Seth Rollins is winning because they're not. No way, new promotion, you're putting two heels in your final match for your, your newly won title. And on top of that, you the the fan of me would hope they wouldn't put it on Jinder Mahal because I feel like that'd be on a death knell for the new brand. At the same time, I would get it because I to me, I always, to I, yeah, I always like a heel champion chasing, uh, being uh, 
having the title and someone chasing him for it. Just like Flair. Like, Flair's mm-hmm. champion Ro- makes the most sense. Roman Reigns now. Yep. Yeah, I, I just don't think it really holds up seeing the baby. It's a it's a WWF thing to me, baby face champion Hogan, and uh, and all you do is you end up running out of heels. I mean, yeah, that's what they kind of ran into. You eat them up unless you kind of do what Rome was it was it uh, no Drew and Orton did where they kind of tied changed the title back and forth. Yeah, so people don't give that series of matches enough credit either. Just no. because Drew was, Drew was a great cha- Drew was a great champion. I, I think I think people don't give him enough credit, and that's actually how Seth Rollins injured his knee against Kane. Yep, the because it buckles on the inside. Oh, I, I, that footage! That's nasty to watch it, it happen. Just, it happened so quick, and he finished the match though. Yep, this right here is a little scary. Yeah, this is the first this incarnation he, of the buckle bomb. This is where he has to learn to yeah, get closer. Yeah, he throws his. Oh, I wonder if it's just used to the shorter ring. Maybe, and hits him with the curb stomp. Great finish, though. Yeah, nice. He curb stomp. The, he hits the second turnbuckle. He doesn't hit the top one. Uh, be honest, the way he hit it was actually pretty safe. Yeah. It just looked vicious. Seth Rollins gets the win, makes his way to the finals, take on Jinder Mahal. Great fucking yeah. match. Y'all got fans out there. Seth Rollins for NXT champ already, guys. No, I mean, he's been a, a very big bright spot of, of, the, of the brand. He's head thrashing. <laughs> one more. Says he got one more match to go. Seth Rollins advances. <laughs> God. He looks he kept, so young. He kept that yellow streak in his hair for the longest time, too. He really did. Like, he kind of cut it back just like a little thin line. And then, you, of course, you have the obligatory heel come out to be like, I'm going to be champion. Babyface, no, I'm going to be champion. No, I'm going to be champion. This is my destiny. <laughs> Maharaja. <laughs> Maharaja. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Every, yeah. Everybody will be doing that in their sleep now. What has been your favorite match so far in the Ooh, tournament? This one. This the, one. It's a, to me, the two best matches have been Seth Rollins versus... Michael McGillicuddy and Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I, I still feel like this one kind of just edges it out just a little bit. We have Dusty Rhodes coming out here kind of talking about the two guys having their tournament final match. If you will. I still think this is by far the best match of the NXT uh, evolution so far. Yeah. I think they made the mistake of putting gender in the finals. I would have, like you said, I'd have been really happy if this was the finals, McGillicuddy and Rollins, which I get why they did gender because they've been building this since like the second episode and gender attacks seth here seth's gonna uh come back with this kick here right boom in the face he's gonna get the upper hand he's gonna he's gonna shit can him out here with a big clothesline over the top he's gonna start moshing in the ring god i hate it so much so white meat baby face yeah but you know what i prefer i prefer that more so than bo dallas you can't see what i'm doing right now but thumbs up smiling the Bo Leave is so much better. My smile goes for miles. And then Dusty Dusty over there in the corner, though. I, I'll never hate seeing the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. The American especially Dream. Especially in NXT. The was, American Dream if you will. It was few and far between when you saw Dusty. It was You knew it was going to be an important thing. And then leads to next week where we have a showdown in the ring. Well, guys, that's the end of that episode. Breakout star clearly is Seth Rollins. He is the He is the breakout star of this. Um, Bradley Pierce is the worst po- worst possible thing on this. Ooh, gender and gender right there. Gender's match was really short. I'm glad they kept it short. I feel like it was almost disrespect to um, Richie Steamboat. I, I give you. I'll agree with you. I'll give that Seth Rollins. I, I believe Seth is that they're definitely building Seth to be that first NXT champion, and you could tell it's their guy. And like anything you watch back around this time, 
is Seth told him that he wanted this. This is what he wanted. He wanted to be the guy. Even so. in the thumbnail um, for the next for the for the next match that they have with Seth and Gender, Seth Rollins is wearing an NXT shirt. So I think that's kind of cool. It kind of speaks that he's you know wanting to lead the brand. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Jinder Mahal not be on the episodes anymore. I'm excited to see some more debuts and seeing some some more people. I have not watched the next episode, so I'm really psyched about that. I watched the first couple of matches, and we already have a guy in the intro back as a jobber. Jake Carter is now a jobber. What the fuck? So they already broke up the tag team with him and Corey Graves. They didn't last long. No, I wish they came over from FCW. So it's like they're trying to wash FCW away. So I mean, I get it. Yeah. Cool thing is, guys, the very next episode of the NXT Evolution is going to be Wrestling Recommendations. Wrestling Recommendations. It would work with that. So, cool thing with uh, with wrestling recommendations, a lot of people don't know. Um, me and Travis have been compiling this list. The first episode of Wrestling Recommendations was NXT-themed. We went with uh, Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan, versus Chris Jericho from the very first NXT um, main event. But this has gotten a little out of hand, almost. So we wanted to do a list of 50, and then the list became 100. Now we're at 130. And this is just with me and him. Like, Eric, not, oh, Eric, Eric has Eric, contributed. Yeah, but what, we didn't get... like We were waiting for Brandon to send us some... We're waiting for uh, Jeff and uh, Ryan to send us some from the wrestling room, uh, wrestling purist, and they sent us a couple here and there, just like talking to us. But if they have lists, <laughs> it's it's gonna go even higher. But yeah, it's what's uh, that final number we're looking at? So we we have 130 matches already on this list. So what the rules is? I have a willofnames.com has it where you can type it, you can put in, you know, pretty much all of them into a, a randomizing will. Uh, I put all these in. These matches vary from. Uh, WCW, Jim Crockett Promotions, ECW, New it, Japan, New Japan, WWF, WCW, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor NWA, NWA, and also NGW. NGW. I actually went through and talked to a lot of our fans and said, you know, tell me some of your favorite matches from NGW. GWF. Yep, we got some random ones on here. So what I did is I put everything in here, and there's a shuffle function. It shuffled them all up. Uh, once we, um, once we get. Uh, we, we complete one of these matches. We're going to delete it off our list, and then we'll move on, and we'll have 129 matches. Maybe we'll add more. Who knows? But we have 130 matches to choose from. There's matches from, you know, FTR versus the Briscoes. There's Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair. Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Man. The only exclusion we have to this is no NXT matches. And also, we limited 95 matches, which is not very many. However, I believe I added the Bulldog versus Brett. Yeah, because we both like There's match. matches from Raw. There's matches from the Cruiserweight Classic on here. SmackDown. SmackDown. Um, there, there, uh, There's matches from WCW Worldwide. Yep, there's matches from Nitro. I don't think I put any Thunder matches on there. There's not very many Thunder no, matches to brag home about. Thunder, thunder matches are few and far between. They had an excellent Ric Flair Dean Malenko match. I thought about adding, but then it's a smosh finish, so I backed out. So, without further ado, I'm going to hit spin on this. And whatever it lands on, that's the match we're going to cover for our next week's episode of Wrestling Recommendations. Spin the wheel, make, make the deal. I was going to, I was going to add that. I almost <laughs> added that. Spin the wheel, make, make the, the deal. deal. So, I'm going to spin this little wheel here and let's see what match we get, Travis. God, I hope it's an Austin match. Here I hope it's go. Austin Brett. Here we go. Of some sort. Here we go. Oh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? The very first match. 
The Steiners versus the Heavenly <laughs> I put, Bodies. I put that on the list, baby. The Steiner Summer. Brothers versus the Heavenly Bodies from SummerSlam 1993. We're going to get a hard-hitting, nice match between the Steiners and Heavenly Bodies. Heavenly Bodies are a... Underrated. Underrated and hidden gem of the WWF in the mid-90s. Like, Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey, how he didn't have a rat on his waist every night is just unbeknownst to me. Yeah. He was the man. He lost one of his teeth muff, muff diving, mm, so there's that. Uh, I'm really excited, because what we'll do is we'll give a little bit of uh, uh, backstory of this match. We will watch along this match, courtesy Peacock. Um, so I'm really excited to bring this one to the fans. I'm really excited to watch this one. Um I like that it's not something we've covered. So. Yeah, it's and it's like two teams. Like we've covered heavenly body matches, we've covered Steiners, but nothing together. And it, it'll be actually a farther back trek in WWE than we've done on anything. Like I know we did a Great American Bash '91 on Wrestling Ruin, but we haven't done any like pre '95 WWF stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, anytime I can cover a Jimmy Del Rey. Uh, Tom Pritchard Steiner's match I am going to be happy about it yeah I'm, I'm really stoked Dr. Tom of course has a wrestling school right here uh, down the road in Knoxville right not too far from the house out off uh, at the near the D1 sports facility near Pellissippi State um, so yeah guys I'm really excited for that Travis uh, anything you want to polish us off with um, just uh, selling stuff over there on TGL the man 12 on eBay be sure to check it Check us out over there, uh, selling more and more stuff, or, or putting more and more stuff up. Hope to sell more and more stuff. Um, be sure to check us out, uh, Wrestling Ruined, with our cohort, Brandon. Um, I should should drop this Saturday. He uh, should. Hopefully, King of the Ring 1995, the whole genesis of the Wrestling Ruined It really just podcast. depends on Brandon's schedule. It's, yeah, and ho- hopefully we can knock it out, because I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to Brandon having to watch it and see King Mabel. Uh, become you know Mabel become king but um, spoiler alert if no one's watched that pay-per-view in 30 years I'm sure you're you're probably not gonna watch it now and enjoy it but um literally looking forward to that and uh also shout out for Brandon and the rants from the Black Lodge you know our cohort in crime over there um and Eddie's got a show coming up with them probably uh, sometime soon for the Halloween season yes the Halloween show uh, around that area I think we're doing I don't know if we're doing a watch along or a comprehensive uh, retrospective I know what the movie's going to be it's actually a movie we've covered before so I'm assuming we're going to go into it as a complete retrospective not a watch along um, unless Brandon wants to do it for Rants After Dark so we'll see um, but yeah, definitely check out Rants in the Black Lodge uh, at Rants Black Lodge and all social medias. Shout out to Project Louder, uh, projectlouder.net. You can find all of our episodes there along with on Spotify and on iTunes. So uh, at N- uh, NXT Evolution. Um, also, guys, NGW, we're creeping up October 16th. We return to Newport, Tennessee. Uh, some big names coming back for Nightmare on the Armory Road. I'm really excited for that. And, um, but yeah, guys, uh, definitely check us out at Wrestling Ruined. Um, that's pretty much everything, guys. So next episode will be wrestling recommendations from, uh, SummerSlam 1993, Heavenly Bodies versus the Steiners. Also, if any fans have some wrestling recommendations, that yeah. just shoot them to, to us. I mean, there's a good chance it may be on our list of 129 now, but, uh, shoot that over there to us on, uh, NXT Evolution on Facebook and Twitter, and you can shoot it at me on Twitter at Travis Laster. So, also, if you're an AEW mark, please be sure to uh, follow at John Bleeding yep, to see if John Moxley bled during his match this week or not. If he has one, probably bled somewhere. Bled backstage. He never. He never lets those wounds heal. That's right. Just he's like, going to like Dusty Rhodes, where it's all said and yeah. done. Gig, 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 gig. I'm the butcher. 
Moxley's bleeding. Brody, uh, uh, Bruiser Brody. I'm trying to think of some other ones who, are, who has some really fucked up. Uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Brody. Mick, Mick Foley's kind of got a little carved up head there too. Terry Funk. Uh, Rick Flair. You can see Flair's. I feel like Dusty's was like really bad. Yeah, though. yeah. Abdullah's is the worst though because he's got the fork marks in his forehead. Where he like just carved in there. What a dumb fuck. What an idiot. Hepsi, 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 Hepsi. Hepatitis is happening. Hepatitis. <laughs> well, guys, it's not a dream. Jesus Christ. What? Well, guys, we appreciate you listening to the NXT Evolution. We will be back with you with wrestling recommendations. I am Eddie, along with Trevis. And we will see you guys later. Bye. 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 Ha, 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 ha.